0: what's going on guys and welcome to another episode of the raptors community podcast today we've got a lot to talk about it's around 6 p.m eastern october 25th so right before the raptors bulls game so i don't know how that game is going to play out we're going to talk a little bit about my predictions for this upcoming week including that game but first let's talk about last week because a lot of interesting stuff happened despite the raptors going one and two in their first three games of the season We're going to dive into each of those games and start off by going over those games, like I said, and then we're going to address some of the Raptors' issues and what I'm going to call Issue Corner, where we're just going to talk about four things that I'm worried about for the rest of the season, short term, uh, whatever it may be, and then Optimist Corner we're going to just talk about some things that hype me up this week, and then lastly I'm going to predict the week's upcoming games and then late in the podcast quickly talk about some general nba takeaways um from what i've seen in this first week so let's start with the raptors going one and two in their first three games and let's start with the first game against the wizards on october 20th uh the raptors fall to them 98 83 that's right 83 points And the big takeaway from this game was that you could just really tell that this team hadn't played a real NBA game together. Their offense was really stagnant and they couldn't score against a team in the Wizards who, let's be real, their defense is not good to say the least. The Raptors' leading scorer was Barnes with 12 and Freddie had 12 as well on 5 of 20 shooting. OG was forcing everything in isolation. Two. Many sidestep contested jumpers over decent defenders, and the Raptors' bench didn't provide much of a kick besides Banton's plus eight with seven points as he showcased some of the skills that he brings to the table. Banton, obviously a Canadian boy, a fan favorite, as you can tell just by watching him play, the fans' reactions to the stuff he was doing. He's a lengthy defender who can pass, attack the rim in transition, and stretch the floor. He showed all of that within a span of seven or eight minutes uh, in that fourth quarter against the Wizards in lieu of some type of comeback that the raptors were trying to make uh, i think he was really a big bright spot in showing some of the skills he has as such a young player super fun super exciting but overall there's a there's going to be this general theme with the raptors of their half court offense struggling right as they try this flex offense among this cast of new players and 83 points and 14 assists was the first showing of this and you could tell it was new to a lot of people like fred Van Vliet. Definitely struggled under this type of flex offense. Another issue was Montrez Harrell. Another similar theme that we're going to see is big men who can run in transition, who can grab offensive boards. That was a big issue for Toronto. He had 22 points in just 26 minutes of play and was dominating the Raptors in the paint. Though a lot of his buckets did come in broken plays or transition or on the offensive glass. Those were sort of his two outlets to scoring especially the broken plays piece that's one especially in transition where uh, I felt like the Raptors couldn't really you know score enough to actually prevent those transition opportunities and because of that a lot of Harold's buckets were in that sort of situation and the Wizards as a team were plus 16 in the paint coupled with the Raptors shooting 20% from three there's no way they really come back and win that game but I do love their fight their energy we saw in the fourth quarter we saw Nick Nurse do what he traditionally does which is when a team Or sorry, when you have a certain uh, cast of guys on the floor, whatever the five is, and they're playing well together, he doesn't switch them. I like to see that. I like Banton playing all the way down the stretch in this game for the most part. And honestly, just this is kind of a general take, but I love Precious, and I feel like he's been going under the radar in his first three games. Uh, He's averaging 10 points, 11 boards, two assists, and a steal per game. And against the Wizards, we see one player where he takes the ball from the top above the three against Gafford, dribble crossover to the left hand, and just goes in for a dunk over top of Gafford like he's a like he's a seven-foot-tall point guard. It's crazy to see, and obviously he's only 6'9", but you know what I mean, a big-ass point guard. This guy goes in, takes it with the left. He's just showing what he's bringing as a mobile big to the table. However, there is still a bit of a concern against those elite centers in the NBA, which we haven't seen him go head-to-head against yet. Uh, a lot of Montrez Harrell's minutes were against Cam Birch, and of those, a lot of his points were in transition, so not really attributed to his fault, in my opinion. The second game is the Raptors taking down the Boston Celtics, 115-83. This game was all about Scottie Barnes and Trent Jr. balling out for Toronto. Barnes had 25 points, 13 boards, 2 assists, on the other end of the floor, he had the defensive assignment of Tatum, holding him to 18 points, and he didn't really look super aggressive in this game because Barnes, that length just gave him a bit of issue. And on the other side, Barnes was hitting pull-up threes. He was hitting fadeaway jumpers. He was making good passes to cutters. He was just showcasing the entire skill set and why the Raptors drafted him. And if you're a Raptors fan, you got to be excited with how he played in this game against the Celtics because he really showed his entire bag, like I said, and he can just take the other team's best player out of the game with his length that he brings to the table. And we can talk more about his defensive impact when you talk about the next game from last week. But enough another few points that I want to talk about is Trent Jr. scoring 20 points on 13 shots with four steals, showing the bag, showing just like insane floaters, side like sidestep threes, going past defenders jumping. And I think offensive rebounds were the biggest factor in this game, especially early in this game. The Raptors were crushing the glass despite shooting terribly early on. They had 21 offensive rebounds, and it was really all triggered by the bench unit of Grant Williams at the 5, and they just did not have the size to contend against Chris Boucher and Scotty Barnes and those guys. But overall, the Raptors team that we've seen so far is deep, and it's interesting that we have Barnes and Trent Jr. as your leading scorers, on any given night for this Raptors team, you can see two players who you wouldn't expect as the leading scorers. And honestly, it wouldn't even be a surprise. You'd just be like, oh, you know, Chris Boucher led the team in scoring next to, I don't know, whoever, Fred Van Vliet. It, like, you can really name two any two guys. OG and Scotty Barnes had a good game. Trent Jr. and, I don't know, Malachi Flynn. Like, you can literally say two players and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's just the type of team they have. And like I said, very deep this is going to lead to a lot of regular season success if they can really put it all together this year. Having a deep team after another shortened offseason could really bring together um, a lot of wins this regular season if the Raptors can continue to pursue it. Do I think they're going to win a ton of games? Not necessarily. I think they lack that superstar, but we'll see what Scotty Barnes can do this year. I think he's the X factor for Toronto, as I've mentioned before, with... How quickly he can ramp up. He's already averaging 18 points per game in his first three. So I'm super excited to see how he plays this week and tonight. I just honestly can't get enough Scotty Barnes. his I don't know how to say it, but his um, personality shines on the court and off the court. And I just love watching him play. And if you're a true Raptors fan, you better be in watching every one of these games because this guy's must-watch every single night. And that was really showcased in this game here against the Boston Celtics. And the Raptors' offense is driven by a bunch of different players who try and score like that. And I'm really interested to see how Nick Nurse delegates down the roster, especially for the bench unit, because the Raptors have a lot of guys who can get hot and who can play minutes, but it's all about seeing what glues together. And at this point, the Raptors, at this point, two games, right, that I've talked about, they've held the teams to both under 100 points, which is impressive when you consider the two-way teams. Um... Sorry, the two teams that they played are not necessarily offensively challenged. You've got Tatum and Brown on one team with Al Horford and Marcus Smart. Pretty decent offensive team. Obviously, two stars there in the making. And then the Wizards, who score a ton of points but don't have great defense, they held them both under 100 points. Like I said, the offense is the big concern for this team. And we saw that again against the Mavericks. The Raptors held them to 103 points, they lost 103.95. And this was a tough loss, especially because early in this game, they're really locking it down. I felt like the Mavs were missing a lot of easy shots early. It was like a few open threes that they missed. And I think the big takeaway from this game is that we saw a really good OG game, which was nice to see. He wasn't really forcing as much as the first two games. He was operating within the flow of the offense. And it's great to see him drop 23 in this one because he looked a lot more like his preseason himself. I still feel like he's missing that aggression to shoot 25 shots when he's playing this good in this game. I think he only shot 15 times, most of which came in the first half. He already had 20 points at the half, I think. And then the Raptors were unable to close this one out because then OG comes back in late, hasn't really shot a lot in the second half. Like, OG, just take the ball. Just do your thing, man. We know what you can do. Uh, You're playing great in this game. We want to see you take 25 shots. You've got the talent, and the Raptors' offense already struggles as it is. Give it to the hot guy like him when he's having a game and just let him go off. I don't really like what happened in that second half, and that's sort of all I'm going to talk about on this one. I guess the only other thing is Scotty Barnes guarding Luca was interesting. There was a few points where it felt like Luca was really getting to him and getting past him. He was getting at ones, second, drawing second defenders. But all in all, I was pretty impressed with how he played him, or at least tried to play him. Luca obviously transcends defense; it doesn't really matter what you do. But I, I thought it was an interesting matchup to see the array of different players that Scotty has been given the role to guard from Luca to Bradley Beal, to Tatum, and even sometimes Jalen Brown. This was such an interesting week for his offensive and defensive growth. That's it for the first part of this podcast. Now we're going to move into addressing the Raptors' issues. And like I said, this is called issue corner. So the first issue is half-court offense. And my thoughts is that the Raptors need to give the ball more right now to Scotty Barnes and let him... Let the young lad operate. Let him do his thing. He's poised with a good handle and he can pass the ball. He has shown the willingness to shoot from the outside and shoot in the mid-range. And he's shown three levels of scoring ability, potential by obviously his ability to attack the rim. And when you add all that, like I said, with a good with a good dribble, with sorry, a good handle and good passing, he could be a really lethal player with the ball in his hands. And I want to see what he can do, especially in late-game situations. This would be a good experience to see Nick Nurse give him the ball late or give OG the ball late and maybe use Van Vliet as more of a decoy or a release valve in case the offense is getting stagnant or maybe there's a switch and, you know, Scotty's struggling against this guy. Just give it to him and let him be the release valve. But I want to see um, Scotty Barnes, more LeBron-esque, give him the ball, let him do his thing, let him pass it, let him shoot, let him play for those three levels of scoring that he provides. And at his size, I'd love to see him get that opportunity. So that's why I want to see, more Scotty Barnes, more OG shots. That's kind of my um, half-court offense, the way you can address it right now before Siakam comes back. Uh, Late-game situations is my second issue. And I think this just comes with experience. I'm hoping to see Nick Nurse, like I said, give OG and Scotty the ball late and use Van Vliet as a decoy and just kind of see what happens there. The third point is integrating OG into the offense better. So forcing him to take better shots in the flow of the offense. He's currently shooting 32%. We gotta get him out of that rut. Obviously, he kind of blew out of that last game, but I want to see how he plays this week. And maybe have to address the way his offense is integrated within the flow of the entire team. The fourth point is defending against big centers. And excuse me. And I think that Ken Birch is a guy that needs to be utilized against certain matchups depending on how big the player is. I think Precious can hold his own, but we're yet to see them go against like a really, really good center. So tonight, I think Vucevic is potentially playing, so it'll be interesting to see that. But more importantly, two games against Sabonis this week. I want to see how the Raptors can guard him, how Precious guards him. And then I want to see Ken Birch against him as well, and just sort of compare and contrast and see what's the best option for Toronto. Do either of these guys provide enough defensively against a big that's going to be operating a lot in the pick and roll with Brogdon and have to switch. It's going to have to drop a little bit sometimes, but more importantly, switching onto those smaller guys and then seeing how the Raptors can, you know, trap Sabonis when, you know, when they put him in the pick and roll and there's a mismatch. I want to see how they can try and defend against those bigger guys, especially someone like Sabonis who can pass. That's going to be a really interesting uh, thing to see how the Raptors guard the big centers that are really talented like that now optimist corner this is where we just get hyped up all right we're going to talk about some cool shit that happened this week scotty barnes averaging 18 per game this guy's looking legit we saw the left-handed skyhook against the wizards some go end-to-end down the floor crazy passing the cutters uh precious was a great acquisition for toronto like i say he's averaging 10 and 11 he looks amazing this guy throws it down viciously all the time he's super exciting to watch and the Raptors team that we've seen this season thus far are loaded with young talent. And in a couple of years, right, this year is kind of not a wash, but, you know, this is just a see-what-happens kind of year. But in a couple of years, this Raptors team is going to be really, really good when you look at OG, Trent Jr., Precious, Barnes, and Flynn. On top of that, you've got Siakam and Van Vliet. Who knows where they end up, but as of right now, those are the seven guys that could be on this team two years from now. That's a deadly team, especially if Scotty develops into a superstar, which I think he has the potential to do. Why else would they draft him after all? Uh, yeah, so just get hyped about this team and enjoy the ride. It doesn't matter how many games they win. Just enjoy watching these young guys do their thing, especially in front of that home crowd. The energy is just such a vibe right now. I love it so much. Before we get into predictions for this week, just going to take a quick break. All right, we're back, and now we're going to be talking about Predictions for this week's upcoming games. So the Raptors play four games this week, and most of which are part of a homestand except for the last one against the Pacers. They play the Bulls tonight, Pacers Wednesday, Magic Friday, and then the Pacers again Saturday, all of which, like I said, are home except for the last game against Indiana. My prediction, which is basic, is 2-2, two and two, where they beat the Pacers at home and the Magic. Here are my interesting matchups this week. Number one is how do the Raptors contain Vucevic tonight? If he plays, he's a game-time decision. And who do the Raptors assign? OG and Barnes to Levine and DeRozan to try and shut down that duo. That's my assumption. Um, Sabonis against the Raptors is a big one, right? How do they guard him? How do they defend him? And then lastly is Scotty Barnes versus Jalen Suggs of the Magic. How does that matchup go down, right? Obviously, Jalen Suggs was supposed to be Not supposed to be, but was expecting to be drafted by the Toronto Raptors. He only worked out with the Toronto Raptors. And then they go ahead and pick Scotty Barnes over him. He's going to want revenge against the Raptors. He's had so far a mediocre start to his career. I think he's averaging around 12 points per game. I expect to see him try and take it to the Raptors on this game. So that'll be a super fun matchup to see in Toronto as well. First week in the NBA takeaways is the final segment here. We're just going to talk about a few teams, probably only go a few minutes here, maybe make this a nice short 20-minute pod, but first is the Bulls and Hornets, both 3-0, are either of them legit? That's the question. I think that the Bulls can be a legit team, a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. They've got an amazing team with depth and talent, and I'm excited to see how far they can go this year. We've actually yet to see them play against a good team, so I'm still going to hold my tongue a bit on them. But at the very least, they're fun. The Hornets are also a fun team as well. We're seeing LaMelo grow in front of our very eyes, and this team is another one that, with Eric Collins on the call, is one of my favorite teams to watch. You've got Miles Bridges throwing it down. Very interesting team all in all. The Wizards are a sleeper, decent team in the East. We saw them take down the Raptors, and they're showing a surprising amount of poise and depth when you look at Dinwiddie, Harrell, KCP, Beal. This is actually kind of an interesting team when you see the sum of their parts together, and for that reason, I'm not going to hold them out, but I do think they can be, you know, in that eight and seven spot. Maybe I think they're an interesting enough team that they'll be fun to see, watch this year as well. So Ben Simmons, uh, I think it's just time for this to be over with. Right, like I think it's time for them to move on from him. There's no other option. At this point, Daryl Morey is just kind of waiting for teams to get more desperate, I guess. As the season progresses, certain teams are worse than expected, so they rush to make a trade for a guy like Ben Simmons and get a a good haul in return. They can do that. That's fine. They're not in a rush, but I just feel like trying to force him to play is going to just ruin the chemistry on this team, and it's going to actually whole detriment to their record, which I know they want to compete this year. They're not gonna waste Joel Embiid's prime years with this kind of bullshit. So I just think it's time to trade him to a team and get a decent return back. I'm sure the offers are pretty good for him. Get a return back that makes sense for your roster to try and win this year and just get him out because I'm done with the Ben Simmons BS. Like this is just enough. It's so annoying and and Ben Simmons is just being a baby for no reason. You know, I'm going to go back on it and say not for no reason. I kind of feel like also them throwing him under the bus was somewhat unfair. That happened last year too. So to defend Ben Simmons, I don't blame him fully, but I do think that he's making this situation worse for himself by doing this. Like there are other ways to handle this internally, but, you know, at the same time, like why did Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid call him out like that? Like that was not fair to him just because of that one play that happened where he didn't dunk it. Like, yeah, he's struggling with his confidence. So instead of, you know, being mad at him for that, why don't you try and be a team, try and coach him to be better? I don't know. That's just my take as well. Concerning teams in the East, Boston, the Nets, they're both one and two. Uh, The Nets, I'm not concerned about at all. I just feel like the Kyrie stuff, similar to the Ben Simmons stuff, I'm just done with that. Like Kyrie, like just, you know, I love you, Kyrie. I do as a player, but sometimes you just make weird choices and I don't understand why, but to each their own. It's kind of, you know, for that team, I think they're going to be fine. They've got a talented team. They've got depth. Um, They've got an interesting roster. I think they'll be okay. One and two is not a big deal. Boston, on the other hand, is a bit more concerning because I just don't feel like they have great chemistry. They're still missing a true point guard or guy that can run the offense and sort of create for other players, which is a bit of a concern uh, when you consider their roster. I think that Tatum and Brown are amazing. But other than that, the team is not very exciting this year. I just don't think they're going to have a great year. Moving over to the Western Conference, the Timberwolves start off 2-0. Cat is averaging nearly a point per minute. Anthony Edwards is averaging 24 a game. D'Angelo Russell is healthy and playing. When healthy, this team is kind of interesting, especially when you think of Anthony Edwards, where he's gotten to this early in his career. They're just such an interesting team. Cat, obviously, has been working harder. He's in great shape. We heard the thing, I'm sure you heard, where he's been like watching videos of two bears fighting to the death prior to games. Like This guy's some kind of savage i don't know what's going on but they're 2-0 they haven't and lost yet just keep doing your thing all right because that team i think can be interesting this year somewhere in that 7-8 spot as well though the warriors when clay comes back that's another thing that i want to talk about because they're 3-0 right now curry is looking like an mvp jordan Poole is taking a rise and i don't know this team just has a lot of potential to be really really good this year Especially and I mean this with the most um I don't know what you would call it, gravitas but you need my boy Clay back. Okay? Clay needs to return to this roster and then they're a contender. Without him, they're definitely not. But they've had a good start to the year, and I'm super excited to see what they can do when they add clay to the mix as well. Another team, the Los Angeles Lakers. They're looking kind of iffy. They're an old team, and honestly, their supporting cast just doesn't look that great then there's still a lot of time for them to make acquisitions, which I'm sure they're going to do prior to the deadline. But thus far, I have not been impressed with them. And when I was picking them to go to the finals, I was actually really, really, for the first time... Wait, did I end up picking them? I think I did. But either way, I was really debating on picking them because I was like, okay, like I know LeBron and AD are going to be good, but the rest of the roster is such a question mark. And Westbrook is just Westbrook. He's such a concern, uh, especially in the playoffs. Like He should be good in the regular season, not necessarily the first few weeks, but... Throughout the season, he's going to be really good for them. They're going to look great. But then in the playoffs, they're going to be worse than what they actually are because Westbrook, just for some reason, his style of play actually has a negative impact on playoff success. And because of that, I'm sort of worried about this team moving forward. Like I said, they're old. They needed they needed Melo to score, th- like drop 30 to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're getting absolutely torched defensively like they can't guard a guard because they lost Caruso they lost KCP now their defense is terrible like this team is just not going to be that good this year and that's that's what I think is the truth behind them last one is the Pelicans need Zion back as soon as possible this team is a serious mess without him they're interesting when you consider Nikhil Alexander Walker Devontae Graham Brandon Ingram Jonas Valanciunas and Zion but without that big thick boy Zion in there this team is just not that good And obviously are gonna have another terrible season if he doesn't come back in the next couple months. Because like I said, they just have nothing really going for them besides some young guys, some talents, some potential. But, you know, as Zion gets older, you gotta start considering, come on, let's get wins. Like Zion get healthy. I don't know. This this whole experiment with Zion and this team is just not necessarily gonna work if he can't stay healthy. So I'm sort of concerned about the health of Zion obviously came back north of 300 pounds apparently so he's looking thick that's what happens when you live in new orleans there's good food there and so you're gonna get a little thicker i don't know i'm just i keep saying i don't know but this team just is not super exciting for me either i want to see zion back and see what they're like full tilt but i do think they have to make moves down the line if they want to actually compete with zion because this roster right now is just looking awful so that's it for this podcast. I mean, this should be an interesting week of NBA basketball. Like I said, the Raptors are playing. It's 6.50 right now, so the Raptors are playing in like 40 minutes. And I'm going to be on that watching DeMar go head-to-head against probably OG and Let's see these two boys go head-to-head. I'm super excited for that game. And it's nice to see DeMar actually in a role where he can um, have a chance at winning, right? And in San Antonio, he was the number one guy. Here, he's sort of second with Zach Levine as two Uh, players on a team that really really wants to win as well on top of that in the eastern conference so i think he's got a good chance of doing some magic this year and hopefully uh you know getting some kind of playoff rep something exciting maybe a first round win who knows i I don't think it's going to happen but excited to see that one last take too is lowry in a miami jersey just looks weird i don't know if you guys agree but i just can't watch those games because i just i don't love i don't know i just don't love the way it looks lowry's you know, a Raptor for life. So it's weird seeing him wearing a Miami jersey, but that team is looking good, especially when you consider that Tyler Hero has been an absolute bucket for them. If he brings that type of elevated game to the table this season, they're a legit threat at the title when you consider that they already made it to the finals a couple of years back. You've got Jimmy Butler, you've got Kyle Lowry, you've got Bam, you've got three potential All-Stars, and you've got Tyler here who's acting like an All-Star too. This team is super interesting. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's it for this podcast. Uh, if you liked the episode and you're still here, why don't you subscribe? All right, because we're going to be posting weekly podcasts. We're going to have guests on. Eventually, I just haven't had time to try and line someone up. School's been busy as fuck, so I'm Sorry that you know my content has been inconsistent my podcasting has been a bit inconsistent and my youtube is still kind of in the works Uh, a lot of good stuff is coming though we've got a designer we're going to be dropping merch soon it's going to be super dope uh keep an eye on our instagram like i said rate this five stars please appreciate the support thank you guys as usual for listening i'm gonna catch you on the next episode peace out